1: Welcome to Hello Latino. I am so excited or como Selena dijo, estoy muy excited to have Hannah Teresa Park on my podcast, a fellow Catracha on the show, and she has a very different experience. I'm so excited to share it with you. She has a beautiful story about being Korean, a first generation Hondureña and Americana. She's an educator, entrepreneur, and a creator, and is a firm believer in the power of stories to unite people and the power of humanity to love and heal. Muchísimas gracias, Hannah, for being here, and hope you enjoy some Catracho love on this show today. I literally have so many questions for you, but I'm just so excited to just have this be an organic conversation with another fellow catracha on the podcast, and a catracha who has a very different experience than me, right? And so I'm so excited, girl. Let's let's begin with the very first question, and that is, how do you identify and why? And by the way, before we go into it, I hope you have your cafecito on hand.
0: Tengo mi té de manzanilla. Uh
1: Ah, te de manzanilla. So that's how you know your catracha, okay? <laughs> that's how you know. My mom would be so happy to talk to you right now. She she always tells me since I was a kid, bebe te de manzanilla. Bebe te de manzanilla. I'm like, okay, okay. And now I do it every night. So that's how you know. <laughs> exactly. I
0: came in my zen calmness. So I got my, <laughs> my te de manzanilla. I got my tea ready.
1: Yeah, that's all you need. But yeah, how do you identify a girl, and why? Yeah, I'd love to know. I actually don't know this answer either, so I'm really excited to hear it. It is such a wonderful question because I think it's a complex
0: one, and I've worked uh, many years to discover what really makes sense for me. Um, and I think I identify myself as an immigrant because all of the experiences that I see in my life goes through that lens of being an immigrant. Um, I would identify myself as a multicultural human being, um, given that I was born in Korea, moved to Honduras, then came to the U.S. So I'm multicultural because I have that Korean, catracha, U.S. cultural identities. Um, I think a lot of that multiculturalism in my life has shaped How I experience the world around me and that feeling of not belonging into one culture or the other, but also belonging to all of them has really defined who Mm -hmm. I have become as a human being. And above all, I always say I'm a human being that loves other human beings and I love to help and serve other people. So I would say that's how I identify myself as a multicultural immigrant that loves human being and wants to serve.
1: Multicultural Korean catracha. <laughs> I feel like there's you said something. Oh my god, I wanna I wanna highlight it. You said that feeling of not belonging to either culture, but belonging to all of them at the same time. That that feeling, right? That yeah, you don't you don't feel like you belong to either one, but you do. You belong to all of them. And how do you kind of have them all coexist at the same time? Mm. That gave me chills. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think it's a lifelong journey of discovery, of working on myself. It's never, uh, it wasn't always an easy journey to get to that point of being like, you know, I belong to all of them and I belong in the way that I belong, rather than um, having to work myself to fit into those molds. Um, you know, I am a Korean catracha whose hips are Korean. So I cannot dance punta or salsa, (laughs) you know, but my heart is 100% catracha. And I love life. I love music. I love all of those Mm. vibrant way of living that I was taught by growing up in Honduras. So I have all of these different cultures and upbringings um, and navigating through all of them has been a lifelong Mm. journey and it's has shaped who i am today.
1: I want to dive deep into your your journey in in really just embracing, right? Your your multicultural identity and embracing again all your sides, right? And how I love that you said it's i belong the way i belong to them, right? It's going to be different. So, let's start from the very beginning. what do you remember your immigrate and by the way i love that you immigrated to honduras from korea because i think there's always a misconception that people only immigrate here and it's like no there's immigration happening all over the world and so i love that you bring that narrative to this platform because it's a narrative that we haven't heard yet so i'd love to know your your immigration story whether it's it sounds like it's your immigration story from korea to honduras to now here so walk us through that journey
0: of course um so i have wonderful amazing parents that are visionaries and they at some point in their life said our children must be global citizens of this world um they cannot Mm -hmm. just grow up knowing one culture one way of living one set of values they belong to the world and therefore they must see and grow up in the world so I remember vividly at age eight, my parents uh, packed up all of our lives in six of those giant immigrant bags and luggages. Mm-hmm. And I remember putting all of it in there and seeing my parents pack everything, sell everything, getting us ready for moving to a new country. And as an eight-year-old, you don't quite understand what it means to move to a new country. Your world. You said goes- you were eight
1: years old. Yeah. You're 8 years old, wow. Yeah. So, so I had I, no idea what was going on. <laughs>
0: I you know, I just listened that we were moving to a new country, but my world is school, playground, my friends. So when you say a new world, you don't have a context for what a new country looks like. But I remember my parents selling all of it and then I was like I have to help. So I remember I had this like Color pencils and sharpener that was dear to me. And I went to my friends and I was like, Hey, they say I'm moving to a new country. Do you want to buy my color pencils and stuff? And I remember oh selling God. them and I couldn't <laughs> let go of my pencil sharpener that was shaped as a home. And now I look back, it <laughs> must have been a symbolic thing. Like I couldn't let go of home. And so my parents Mm. found out that i was selling my color pencils to help them they were like no you don't need to do that you can keep your pencil (laughs) sharpener in the shape of a home and to this day i have that pencil sharpener with me um so we packed everything uh we traveled it was the first time i was on a plane and i remember arriving to san pedro sula honduras And when you get out, uh, that's where my parents are
1: from. (laughs) The best. (laughs) Uh, And I remember
0: as a child landing there and just feeling this thick, you know, heat of humidity, just woof. you know, brushing through your face. And I was like, whoa, that's different, that's new. And then I remember walking outside of the airport and having that sun kiss your skin. It's almost like a little tiny sting, but it just lands on your skin and it's warm and it's hot. It was a sun like I'd never felt before. Um, And just like that, we were in a new country and we had some family friends in Honduras, so, you know, we went with them. And I remember a lady taking me around the neighborhood to introduce me. And it was the oddest feeling to still be able to hear but not understand a word, still be able to say but not be understood. And that was the first moment I knew I had arrived to a new place.
1: Oh my god, how was that? Do you remember that feeling of like, My God, they don't understand what I'm saying, but I'm saying the right things. I don't know what they're saying, but I'm sure they're saying the right thing. You know, like you just, you really don't know. There's there's a huge language barrier that you weren't introduced to before
0: absolutely i remember vividly being there holding the hands of this lady and they were talking and i would look at them and i could hear what they were saying but my brain couldn't make sense of the words that were coming out and i was saying something to express like hey where am i who are you and i remember (laughs) i was saying the words but they couldn't understand what i was saying and that's when i knew i was in a different world
1: and your parents, did they know any Spanish or did they kind of walk into it the same way? So my dad knew Spanish because, um, you
0: know, he had also traveled and lived around the world. So he knew Spanish. My mom did not. So, you know, we we just jumped in. And, you know, a couple of months later, my parents were like, OK, you are going to go to school. And this is a bilingual school. That will speak to you in English and Spanish. And I remember coming to school being like, I don't speak any of these languages, but it's fine.
1: (laughs) You're like, I don't know them, but cool. (laughs) Bilingual. Oh my gosh, girl. How was that? Okay. How was that whole upbringing in Honduras? Did you, how long did you live in Honduras? First of all, and second, how was your upbringing in Honduras? Like... That's a big jump, right? I mean, you spent eight years in Korea, and then now you're kind of growing up in a in a country that is Spanish speaking, that is tropical, that is a different culture. I mean, the todo. I mean, it's it's just different, verdad? So, I I'm so I'm so curious, so excited to listen to this story.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love Honduras. I love Honduras. Um, yeah, I I. I think children are just the purest souls. So, you know, even if you don't speak the same language, you still speak human. And I remember it not being a very hard experience to just be with kids. And I remember a couple months later, I was already speaking. I was, I had friends and we were playing, you know, and it was just great. Like I, I learned Spanish and English simultaneously without realizing. And I was also grateful that I did get to live in Korea for eight years because a lot of that Korean values of like discipline, hard work, all of that was ingrained in me. Um, And now I got to also learn about like enjoying life and, you know, having joy and passion and connection and community was being taught to me by living in Honduras. So.
1: but wait, snaps to that, snaps to that. You know, my my parents always say, because my, my dad is from, it's cute. My dad was born in San Pedro Sula, but he was raised in Sholoma. They're right next to each other. And then my mom was born in Sholoma and raised in San Pedro Sula. So they like kind of knew each other's families. They like, my dad played soccer with my tios, with my mom's brothers. And my mom knew his sisters. And like, they never met each other until they came to the United States, which is like, I don't even know. It's God's work. I don't know. <laughs> like that was exactly. that's like amazing. But they always say, like, cause you know, we're San Pedro Sula, for those who don't know, is like in La Costa. So it's it's that vibrancy, it's that life, right? Like you were saying, it's the community, it's like happiness, enjoying life. And my parents always, always told all of us, like, that's what it means to be a Hondureño, Catracho, like from being from San Pedro Sula, from being from Choloma, you're just, you're enjoying life, like life for its full, its fullness, right? It's full potential. And I'm like, that's how we all are. Like, no matter what we're going through, we're just enjoying life and community, right? Yeah, which is such a beautiful value that
0: I learned from being in Honduras. Yet not everything is always peachy, rosy, and bonito, Mm -hmm. right? I always Mm -hmm. knew that, you know, everyone had that weapon of saying, go back to your country. Right. In any disagreement or any fight, I knew that at the back of their pocket, they always could just say, go back to your country. Um, You know, I also remember, like, really, there was a call for like, who wants to be in baile folklorico dance group, folkloric dance group? And I was like, I want to dance folklorico. And I remember showing up after school to class and having the instructor tell me, no puedes estar aquí. Like, you can't be in this folkloric dance. Like, you're not Hondureña. Like, you're Korean. No we can't have you here. And, like, feeling that rejection mm. of like, growing up in that country, really shaping who I am by the people that I love in this country, the food that I love, the place that I love, the people who I live with, and yet feeling I don't truly belong. So that was the beginning of knowing that always you could be told to go back to your country, to know that certain things were not available and open to me as an experience. Um, and that was tough times, because you you don't quite understand as a young teen mind, like, pero yo soy de aquí, what, are, what do you mean? I can't dance my colorico. Oh
1: my <laughs> no, God, I'm sorry. Lurelia. Y la que you know, you do. <laughs> but how how long were you there for?
0: I was there all from third grade until high school. So I would say like a good 12, 15 years in Honduras. Oh my, that's your
1: whole adolescence. Like you yeah. really grew up there. You really yeah. grew up there. Yeah. And then I want to know, well, I want to know what that what that experience was like. You know, when you were told, you know, vos no so Like that's a really hard thing to hear when you're growing up there. Did experiences like that continue to happen from there? Oh,
0: absolutely. And it continues to happen to this day. Right. Um, and I think I think the shock, the second wave of shock was when we finally went back to Korea. So for my quinceanera, my parents said, Do you want a fiesta or do you wanna travel? And I love traveling. So I was like, I don't want a quinceañera party get let's go and travel so we went back to korea after i think like eight years have never been back and when we returned, it was another culture shock because it was like oh my god why do you speak korean like that like you speak korean like you speak english like oh you're like a twinkie like you're white yellow at the outside but white at the inside and it was just another like re to korean and being like wait what do you I'm not Korean, and I think that 15-year, in my quinceañera birthday trip, is when I realized, ooh, this whole concept of Gloria Saldua, "I'm neither from here nor there," and like that just came so real to me, and I was like, wow, where do I really belong?
1: Wow, and have you found that? Do you think where you really belong? Oh, yes, yes, it's
0: been a life journey. And I didn't have the words to understand that because you're a 15 year old girl, right? You're studying social studies and math. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I knew my parents always created the possibility of us coming to the U.S. for my brother and I to come to the U.S., for college, for building the next stages of our life. So I knew that was a goal in my life to come to the U.S. Um, so when I came to the U.S. for college, I actually got accepted to Grinnell College. It's one of the like top liberal arts colleges, but it's in Iowa, and I'm not a geography expert. So I was like, yeah. Iowa? I'mestar cerca de Miami, you know? I know oh, Miami. Oh my I know girl. Florida. <laughs> no, when I landed there yeah. and they were taking it in a bus, I was like, hey. All this campo de maíz, like all this cornfield, endless cornfield for hours and hours. I was like, ¿dónde estoy?
1: Girl, you were so wrong. You were like, what? Where's Miami? Where are the palm trees? ¿Dónde está la playa? Yeah.
0: But but that's when I started my journey. Like I became a sociology major. I studied Spanish literature. I wanted to know historically. I wanted to learn about the language, the literature, the history. I wanted to learn sociology. So I understood how our identities shaped, constructed. What are all of these social entities that play a role in developing identities? And quite honestly, I didn't find an answer. I still felt like I didn't belong, you know, Um, but I found a community. I, I found a community of Latino students and they had different experiences growing up in the U.S. And they taught me a lot about their lives and what it was like to grow up in the U.S. as Latinos um i got to meet a lot of like asian american experiences in college as well and i kept navigating i kept reading gloria Anzaldúa. i kept reading more about how to navigate this but to be honest i was mad well at least i was mad i was bitter and i was sad and i was angry i was like if i don't belong anywhere nadie me quiere, nadie cree que pertenezco, what's the whole point and i would get so I was living under that cloud. You know, I remember the day that I knew I was living under that cloud was, my husband and I went for some tacos. And the question I always get is, ay, y tú hablas español, ¿Por qué hablas también el español. But that comes from like curiosity and surprise. But when I'm coming from a place of not belonging and feeling like an outcast, those questions can be hurtful because that was the context I had for my life. So I remember the lady, La Cajera, being like, no me digas, hablas español, ¿cómo sabes hablar español? And I remember just being like, porque crecí en Honduras. And I was like, just so sad, bitter, tired. And my husband was like, you know, she was just really surprised and excited to connect with you. And you were just so disengaged. And that's when I woke up. And I said why are you so bitter and sad? Like it's giving you more opportunities to connect with people. And you're carrying that whole not belonging and being bullied in high school with you. And you're not opening yourself to connect with these wonderful people that are also immigrants having similar experiences. So that's when my life took a turn. And I started really looking at, you know what? This is actually a superpower. Yeah, I can connect with people in a broader way we have way more shared experiences and it allows me to be more human and more connected and that's when white life took a turn
1: oh my gosh and i i bet you can connect with so many people not just latinos but you can probably connect with a lot of asian americans who have an experience here or just you know Folks with an Asian experience, like I think that is a superpower. I always look at Latinos. I'm like, we have a superpower. We understand half the world. Like we, <laughs> you know, like we we have a superpower. But for you, it's like, girl, you got you got major superpower. You can understand so many so many different experiences because not only do you experience those things, but because you live them. Again, yeah. it's like ni da aquí, ni that yeah, but the los dos, you know, like you are you are from. All those places, those are all parts of your identity. And I think what's beautiful that you said is you really went to college trying to look for your identity, right? And like trying to study it, unpack it, and really intellectually learn, like, where does this come from? And for you to be like, I didn't really find an answer. I I thought that was a big deal. I'm like, wow, you know, you really went and you studied for years, you know, this topic and this concept of identity. Only to find that it didn't really help you understand your identity anymore, and I think just the fact that your husband was like he just they're just trying to connect with you, I think that's just it's a big it tells a lot about the experience that we that we kind of go through on our own. Like it can, it doesn't matter what people on the outside are really saying or trying to do, it all depends on how you feel on the inside, right? That's huge. I, I think you said it. <laughs> Beautiful,
0: like, mi querida Hermana Catracha. I, I think you said mm-hmm. it right. Like, I think all of those books and studies were like Yoda. They were guides and they were <laughs> giving me clues, yet the work had to be done within me. Like, I had to own my own story. I had to own my narrative. I had to say, you know what? I am Korean. I am Catracha. I am a U.S. citizen, a U.S. resident, like an American in the latest terms, right? But I am all of those things. Like it had to be an internal work of self-acceptance that yo soy de todos estos lugares y yo seré de todos estos lugares. Because ultimately myself, who I am, is a house for all of those experiences. And if Mm -hmm. I don't own that, No one else, everyone else is going to try to edit me and rewrite me and make me fit into Mm. their experiences. So, girl snaps. Yeah. So I was like, it's an internal work, it's a self work, it's inward. And I needed to accept myself for who I am. So then I don't get bothered by how others interpret and experience my stories.
1: Mm hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in write and tell your story before anyone tries to do it for you because people will, people will make their own assumptions and their own stories about you. And if you don't own that narrative, if you don't own and embrace who you are, which is, you know, it's always easier said than done, but people will do it for you and people yes. will just make you, make you, I guess, second guess who you are, right? Because opinions are really powerful and if if you don't if you don't have conviction in who you are it's you're shakable you know in, in those opinions yes but for what i'm listening to you i'm like you, you went on this whole journey to really and it's a lifelong journey as you're saying right to really own these identities did it start with your husband saying that like she's just trying to look for connection or where did that or how did that work really manifest itself and when did it really happen
0: I think I knew I had to do work (laughs) because I was in pain. And I was like, it's not a life worth living if I am constantly in pain grappling with who I am. So I knew that from that pain, I knew I had to do the work. I think the second wake up call was when I didn't even know how I was showing up to the world because of the pain I was carrying. So I didn't Mm. know. So when my husband said, "Like, hey, why are you always so like on edge and on a la defensiva? You know, always trying to defend yourself," and that was a wake up call of like, "Wow, the pain that I harbor and carry with myself is making me show up in the world in a way that I'm distancing the people that I actually want to be connected to." So I Mm. continue to perpetuate this pain and recreating it over and over and over again. And then, you know, I did a lot of self work, right? Of understanding that, wow, those stories of pain that I continue to recreate will continue to manifest because I keep acting on it. So I got to break mm-hmm. that pattern. So I just started telling better stories to myself. I said, you know yeah. what? You're awesome, yeah. porque eres catracha coreana y americana, you know, like. All of these things, I just started telling new, fresher stories and not telling the same stories from the past of the girl that was said, no, tu no puedes bailar folklorico, the girl that was told to go back to the, her country, the girl that was said, like, you don't speak our language well, or laughing at my parents, right, because they don't belong, like all of that stories are part of me, but they didn't need to be part of my future. So I started rewriting. I was like, what kind of human being do I want to be? And I said, I want to be a human being that supports our community. I want to be the type of human being that people can count on. I want to be the type of human being that can connect to anyone, regardless of their experiences, because there's love. And I said, that's who I am. And I'm going to create myself to be. And that's the protagonist in the story that I want to play as I move forward. And it's been a practice.
1: I mean, I one thing that I always say, and, and people people laugh at me because I'm, I'm always saying it, but it's so true. I'm like, that's on trauma. Like, that's on trauma. I always say that because a lot of the things that we do, it, it comes from trauma, right? It's our past trying to protect our future, trying to protect our present. And it's super hard because sometimes it's subconscious. Sometimes we are aware of it and we're just like, well, I'm just trying to protect myself, you know? And it's like like once you learn how to how to unlearn that and how to really just like recreate yourself and recreate the future that you want and work toward that I think it's it's powerful so I just just bit. I'm just really grateful that you're here I'm like yes we need this story like we need this story on Hello Latino I'm so happy that you're here but I'm I'm really curious now because you you've experienced living in the United States Mm -hmm. did you stay in Ohio are you still in Ohio
0: in Iowa. So I went to school in Iowa. And then I like lived a little bit in Spain, I lived in DC. And then I made my way to Seattle. Um, And then Mm. a new chapter of my life started there, um, where now I was out of college, Uh, I was starting a new job. And I I didn't know what to do. I was like, I'm a sociology, Spanish literature major with a passion Mm -hmm. for 17th century golden theater and colonial literature, like, Okay, how am I gonna make a living out of that? <laughs> and I, I, rem- <laughs> I remember um, my husband being like, "You would be a great marketer," and I was like, "What is marketing? Come again?" Um, and I remember in college, in my graduation, sitting in my commencement and saying, "I have two roads. I can go into social work and really contribute to community because I love working with people." or i can be the person that funnels resources and money and finance to support that type of work for the community and i I vividly remember sitting in the chair in my commencement and saying i want to be that bridge i want to be the bridge that sends resources and money to support the work that is already being done in our community that's wonderful And so I was like, can I do that in marketing? And they say, of course, marketing has so much money. You could be funding all this program, creating this program. So I said, sign me up. And then I see right when I said, "Okay, let me give this a try. I see a posting for a job at an Asian-American advertising agency looking for a hire to expand into Latino marketing.
1: Wow. I showed up to the
0: interview and I was like, mira, I am Korean.
1: I can do it all
0: i am here you are not gonna find another (laughs) latina asiática to do this work for you so i got hired and i really hustled i worked really hard i learned from ground up um you know from the point that i was terrified of answering phone calls to like building, you know, their huge Latino marketing practice within their agency and working with like Fortune 100 clients, doing all these amazing programs, supporting scholarships, supporting the community. But I was like, something's missing. I am so far away from helping the community. Like I, I was flying like first class from coast to coast just to have a meeting, come back, sipping champagne, living the ad women life. And I was like, this is very far from what I said I wanted to do, which is to Mm. be with community and to contribute. So I left the company and then I immediately got headhunted by an agency that does social issues. So they wanted to also expand and build a multicultural marketing practice in their agency that Mm. focuses on social good. I was like, "Wow, hello, universe. Thank you. Yeah,
1: right. Um, I was thinking that I was like, these are all like universal, like little placements in your life where it's like, all right,
0: here you go. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But I built a career. Looking back, I built a career in that story of owning. I have a superpower because I belong to all of these places. And at the same time, I don't belong to all these places. So I can be Mm. objective as well as connected to these ways Mm. of being.
1: And so I worked Objected there. Objective and Connected. Objective yeah. and Connected. Yeah. Wow. wow.
0: So, <laughs> I built a career doing multicultural marketing, you know. I got to a point where I helped in a campaign for girls empowerment with Nike. I was doing campaigns on recycling, environmental, water conservation, energy efficiency, health, like all these issues that I really care um, that would make a big impact for the communities I belong.
1: Girl, just I want to give you a big hug, un abrazo, because that's that's amazing work. And I love that you built a career where you can do it all and represent all of your identities. Right. Yeah. And really just like it sounds like you really stepped into your identity and then all the things just kind of fell into place. Right. The agency, the work, the The role, I mean, come on, an Asian, you said an Asian American agency looking to expand in Latin America. I'm like, what, like, what are the chances? Like, that is the universe just giving you everything that you're manifesting. And it reminds me of, I really love The Alchemist. It's one of my favorite books. And I talk about this book all the time. That's what it sounds like to me. I'm like, everything's in your, in your favor. Like the universe is really working in your favor and it's giving you all those things, right? Like, yeah beautiful and i think it takes a really strong person a really secure person to really see those signs yeah and then act upon them so yeah oof, yeah kudos and, to I, you,
0: and i think all of that energy was able to come towards my life because i was willing to let go of the pain and the anger and the bitterness and the sadness of the bullying and the not fitting in when i let go wanting to fit in and i started to just belong to myself and my experiences is when I was more open to all of these abundance that's in the universe. Um, however, you know, it's not all this easy story, right? There's painful nights. There's moments I'm doubting. There's moments that I'm still wondering if this is enough, right? And I remember like doing all this work, but I was, you know, advertising and marketing is quite white. Um, and I know mm. that it's an industry that's working to diversify, be more inclusive, be more equitable, but yet it is an industry that's still quite white. And so I remember at one point spending more money educating the white client on what they need to do to be culturally responsive and culturally celebrating the communities we wanted to reach out than actually doing the work that would benefit the community. So that was the moment when I said, I must go and do the work. And so that's when I let go of uh, my position at the agency and I wanted to travel. So my husband and I packed our lives in two small carry-ons and traveled around the world for a year where we got to go and know more about how people live, like what are their desires? What are their passions? And we got to interview the best chocolatier in Latin America, the rock and roll bands, you know, the all of these amazing people doing amazing work we got to interview them and learn from them what made them exceptional and then when we came back you know i i've been doing this business helping latina entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs of color women entrepreneurs of color how to expand their business because i learned all these marketing secrets from all these fortune Mm -hmm. 100 companies i was like my people need this You know, I want to share these tools and strategies. So I started teaching classes and they were like, hey, can you do a seminar? Can you do this? And then it just blossomed from there. So now I have a business teaching people how to own their narrative, how to let go of the past, change your mindset, build your entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. make it expand. And it's a work in progress. you know. And where I learned that whenever I'm willing to serve, I will always belong in that space. So I have never mm-hmm. felt so much love and acceptance and you know, uh, so much connection uh, with all of these amazing Latina women I get to work with on a daily basis because I'm willing to serve. And they are giving me the space and the honor of serving them. And in that service, I found the deepest, purest connection with people.
1: So beautiful so beautiful there's so many parts of your story where i'm like i want to unpack i want to unpack you know and like i just think the fact that you went around the world and you experienced that is something that i think i i really wish that more and more people had the you know the privilege or opportunity or just the desire to go and travel the world and really learn from other people and their ways of living and i think that for me listening to your story it stems back to what your dad taught you right he wanted you and your family to be worldly to know to know the world to know the world and to me i'm like oh my god this is part of you this is part of your identity too and and from my eyes right i'm like you are you're a natural born traveler and you are worldly and you you again have this superpower where you can connect to a lot of people in the world yes i'm like just going to sit with that <laughs> and
0: i oh, it, it's man. a journey cuz it's so hard to see who I am when I'm wrapped up in myself.
1: Yeah. Wow. Right? Mm. So it's taken oh, a lot Oh, I felt of- that. That gave me chills. Escalofrio, okay? Se te paró los pelitos. Sí. Oh, my God. No. Oh, my God. Say that one more time. I just wanted it to, like, resonate with folks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's hard to know who you are when you're so wrapped up with yourself. Right. And so when I was being, what am I? What's my story when it was all about me, me, me? Yes, it was great to give myself that time. But when I started asking as a human being, who can I serve? Who can I love? Who can I make a difference? Who, that's when everything changed for me. It was no more about just me, 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 but rather about like, how can I be of service? And that's when I truly found that I belong to myself. Because, you know, I come from a family of my mom has the biggest heart. Like she every year in Honduras, I remember like every um, Christmas we would, you know, go to a town and like, you know, help out all the kids, get all the gifts Mm -hmm. and like contribute as much as we can. And so I grew up from like a place of giving. And so I was like, instead of focusing on myself, like, who am I? What am I going to do? What title am I going to have? How much money do I want? Like, everything that I want, instead of that, how can me as a vessel be a service to the people that I love? That was a game changer for me.
1: Mm, That's beautiful. And that kind of goes into my next question for you before we go into our cafecito and chisme. But I'm really curious how now you you kind of merge and marry these three cultures and you kind of mentioned that you're like i learned a lot of values from my korean side like the discipline the hard working and then you learned you know from honduras just the passion living life enjoying life and then now being having this american layer to you how do all those three kind of coincide for mm-hmm. you you know how do you pick parts of these cultures to take on with you to future generations
0: i think what i've learned that's an excellent question, Olalis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's all curiosity. I'm like, how do you do it? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think
0: it's a story that's still being written, and I'm still um, exploring and discovering. And I know that this process will never stop. Yet now I'm less scared of not fitting in and I am more confident of belonging to my story and belonging to the communities I know I can serve. So that gives me a sense of calmness and peace to continue to navigate, because I know my identities are gonna continue to evolve and continue to transform and recreate and create newly. So I think just the openness and the willingness that I am not attached to one, but rather, these are all experiences that continue to help me grow, um, is exciting to me.
1: Mm, that's a beautiful answer. It almost feels like you belong to the world. You know, you belong to not only those three, but you really belong to the world, you know? And like you're, I think that's a very beautiful thing. And again, it for me, it just stems back to, for me, it's like, I always look at I look at the poetic streak of, like, every story, right? Like, what's what's the poetic parts of it? And for me, it's like what you were saying, your house, right? The little pencil sharpener. It's like, you still carry that with you. It's still home, but you've traveled the world. You've experienced these different experiences in different countries, right? Honduras, the United States, and then also traveling the world. But you also have that piece of home with you. And I think, like, you, you are your own home. And really, when, like... I think everyone realizes that you really are your it's like your temple right and like that's something my parents would always tell us like your body's your temple and I think when, once you realize that like you really start to own and navigate the world differently like you just walk differently you just walk with confidence walk with this like yes this is who I am yeah. <laughs> and I see that and I see that from the first time we met I was like oh my god this girl is amazing because you can tell you have this joy in life and you just you are so confident and And you really do embrace who you are. And that's coming from someone who met you the first time. And I was like, this girl's amazing. Like, I love her. Mi (laughs) hermana catracha querida. I mean, like, yes. (laughs) Koreana catracha, americana. Like, girl, you are all those things and more. And I just feel like that's beautiful. You're abundant. Abundant. Thank you. Thank you. And let's let's move in yeah. quickly into our cafecito and cheese I have my little cafecito I says, got my
0: chamomile tea, te de manzanilla.
1: <laughs> and I wanna, I wanna spill the tea with you, okay? Get on cheese man.
0: ver, <laughs> a ver, a ver
1: You kind of, you kind of talked about what you're doing right now, uh, work wise, right? You're you're building this business, or you've built this business, helping Latina or sorry, people, women of color. Yeah. Who are entrepreneurs? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's beautiful that you are getting all these resources that you accumulated throughout your life, and you're like, let's give it back to my community. Beautiful, pay it forward. We need more women like you, more Latina women, more women of color. But I am curious about what else is going on in your life. You know, like you mentioned your husband, we can dive. In, we can dive into that. I'm like, how did you guys meet? Like in this in this whole experience of of you, of your life. How did you manage to meet your husband? <laughs> throughout all your endeavors i'm like that's beautiful um but also yeah just let us know what other what other passion projects you got going on or what your business really looks like and how people can connect with you
0: yeah so let's okay. hear the husband story i love, I, love. I, I, yeah <laughs> achieve, achievement it's about achievement. The <laughs> <laughs> um, my husband is the most incredible human being um i met him in iowa in college Uh, So, you know, when when you're in the middle of the cornfield, there's nothing else but work on yourself (laughs) and find the love of your life.
1: (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. Um,
0: He was born in Qingdao, China, and at age three, he immigrated to Hawaii. Um, And then, um, and Hawaii is very different because there's a lot of Asian culture there. So he Mm -hmm. really felt like, He fit in um, and belonged in Hawaii. And then Mm -hmm. he moved to Portland, Oregon, which is a whole different culture in the mainland. And then he made his way to uh, Grinnell, Iowa for college. So we met in college. Uh, He is the most incredible human being. He embraces and loves all of these complexities in me, all the paradox that I am. Um, And I always knew that I could, fully be myself, uh, with him. And that's how I knew we are great partners. Cause I don't have to hide, pretend or play games to be in his presence. I can just be in all my messy pain and joy. <laughs>
1: I get to show up. So yeah, that's, that's my hobby. <laughs> I love love. And I'm manifesting this for every, every woman. We all need a great man. <laughs> But that's beautiful, too, that you have, that your husband has his own experience, right? Like, living in Hawaii. I I went to Hawaii recently, which I think we first talked when I was in Hawaii. And just being there, yeah, you see the Asian diversity, and it's beautiful. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know? And, like, seeing las mezclas, you know? And just, like, the mix of culture and the food, you know? And, like, so many things, right? I was just like, this is beautiful. This is so beautiful and yes. i just felt like i was navigating this this fun world where it was a culture that wasn't my own right and that was a different experience and i i literally was in love with it but that's amazing i love that <laughs> he loves your complexities that's how you know that's how you know you found the one
0: <laughs> yep it, it's it's a partnership and you know it, just it's just about finding a human being that in when you're together there's a magical space of just being who you are and knowing that you belong exactly the way you are. And I think Mm. that comfort can be, I think that's partnership and that's love.
1: But I love for you to give us a gem of wisdom. What is one piece of advice that you would give to any woman of color entrepreneur who's listening to this or who's looking for, you know, that entrepreneurship or looking to create something of their own? What's one piece of advice that you would give to them? It's all in the mind.
0: I would say entrepreneurship is the ultimate mindset game. So I see entrepreneurship as a beautiful journey to self-discovery, self-acceptance, self-love. And once you have all of that, the business you build becomes the greatest gift for the world. And that's why I love entrepreneurship because it demands of you that internal work, that mindset work. Because if not, it doesn't work in the marketplace. So I would say it's all in your mind. Own your story because you're so unique. And make that story available to the world. Your business should be a gift to the world. And when it is, it's so beautiful to run a business.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And let's let's wrap up this conversation, this beautiful conversation with Avindis, And... With our cafecito. Oh, and you! Y- oh, y- oh y- girl. Y- she said, "Wait, hold up! I already was prepared for this brindis." <laughs> you said brindis. I'm not gonna be. You is know, that, in Asian is culture. Is that a mimosa? It's OJ. <laughs> Usually, my yeah. I was like, my mimosa is lighter than that because I put I like don't, a don't. splash of orange juice and it's all champagne.
0: <laughs> I Just was like, like,
1: you know, a little garnish know. of of orange juice. <laughs>
0: Because in Asian culture, we say we don't cheers with tea because it's bad luck.
1: And so really? I was like, I got my. Oh my oh, gosh! Well, juice. now I don't want to do it. Uh, now I need to go get like juice. <laughs> go get yourself a juice. <laughs> I know I need to get juice. Oh my <laughs> gosh! We'll do we'll do a brindis. I'll I'll have my um, cafe. It's not tea. It's, it's cafe. not tea.
0: Exactly.
1: There you go. There you go. And I, I recreated this. I rebranded what brindis means. I did it with a cafecito because, you know, different. Yeah. But let's do a brindis. And for those listening, it means a virtual cheers. And let's manifest some good for our, our community. And it could be our Latino community. It could be just community in general. But what do you want to cheers to and what do you want to manifest? Hmm
0: i cheers to the infinite power of human beings to love and be connected and i manifest that we show more of our humanness our humanity with each other beyond any ideology or thoughts or beliefs just going back to the core of who we are as human beings and loving each other because after all that's what life is about
1: cheers salute Salud, ching mi hermana ching. catracha querida, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna change your contact name on my phone and be like, coreana, catracha americana, mi hermana querida. Pero no o me sea. pongas a
0: bailar porque mi caderita sí es coreana. My hips are
1: Korean, <laughs> so they move like this. <laughs> y eso sí que me gusta la punta, okay? I can, girl, I can dance all day. ¿Quieres ma? Una pro, una profesional. I'm like. Uh, increíble I'm just like mom like tenes trasero bien para bailar esta punta okay like (laughs) (laughs) she got the hair, la cadera y todo I'm like you just got it all like oh my god
0: I gotta learn there's a there's a fellow catracha hermana aquí en desesperada para aprender (laughs) desesperada
1: (laughs) ay hermana un abrazo thank you so much again for being here una un un amor completa un amor completa gracias a ti
0: really thank you Dalis, because you are creating the space for these stories to be told and it is your hard work and labor of love that's allowing us to have these meaningful beautiful conversations so thank you for everything you're doing for our community.
1: Hope y'all enjoyed this beautiful conversation with Teresa and enjoyed this catracho love. I know I did. And if you want to connect with Teresa on Instagram and Facebook, follow her at Teresa Park Oficial one f and find her on LinkedIn. For more information on Teresa and what she does, visit www.teresapark.com. And see y'all next week for more Cafecito and Chisme. Connect with me on Instagram at Ojasmo4As. Twitter at Odalis Jasmine and find me on LinkedIn. And check out my website, odavisjasmine.com, como mucho amor, and stick around to hear from my sponsor and partner, Chris Gates, co-founder of Ryzen.
2: Mi gente, what's up? This is Chris Gates. I had the pleasure of being Odalis' guest in the Cuba Through My Eyes episode of this amazing podcast. Today, I wanna invite you to a free month's membership to my startup, Ryzon. Founded by two first-gen Latinos, Ryzon is like taking a Zumba class for your mental and emotional health. Our mission is to build humans from the inside out, and we help first-gen folks just like you to grow and to heal. So whether you're struggling with life's challenges, or just thirsty for a community to help you grow, Rise On is for you. Every week, we create a space for mindful introspection in community. That's what you get when you mix mindfulness, journaling, coaching, and vulnerable conversations. It's a space to be seen authentically, to develop self-awareness and build inner skills alongside a group of inspiring peers. Our goal is to help you to tap into your own power consistently to find perspective, clarity, and direction anytime you need it. Over the past two years, we've designed hundreds of experiences for our clients to do just this. These are entrepreneurs and young professionals who trace their roots to some 20 countries. Folks who, despite being brilliantly talented and looking like they got it all together from the outside are working through some real life challenges. So join us. We'd like to invite every listener of this podcast to experience a Rise on membership for free for an entire month. That includes our weekly Rise On sessions, live and online, plus on-demand mindfulness content and daily community support. To activate your free month Rise on membership, visit www.riseon.life. That's R-I-S-O-N dot L-I-F-E, riseon.life. Mi gente, let's rise on.